This is the new Blue Review with Benji Shulman. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. And I'm happy to say that we have on the line, as we always do, this time of the week and day, Rob Hutchinson from Dear South Africa. How are you doing, Rob? Very well. And yourself, Benji? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. So, you know, Rob, we spend a lot of time in South Africa worrying about the water in the Eastern Cape and if there's electricity in the Western Cape and what the economics of Gauteng is and the violence in the KZN. But no one really cares about the Northern Cape because is there anything to care about? But apparently, according to Parliament, there is. What should we be finding out about when it comes to the Northern Cape? Quite interesting, Benji, because I'd say you're dealing with, with the provinces and the national parliament. The most active provinces are the Western Cape province and, and the Northern Cape. So quite interesting that it's a quite interesting situation because they are vastly spaced out. But don't seem to be doing that. Like I can see now they are definitely one of the most active legislatures in, in the country, which is quite interesting. But anyway, what this Northern Cape, it's called the Northern Cape Consumer Protection Bill, is all about. It's a drive to align provincial legislature with national legislature. And obviously, nationally, we have the Consumer Protection Act. And this is on a local level. They want to establish a consumer protector, much in the line of what we have nationally and that will help consumers uh, deal with with issues around around retail problems and and so on so much of a, a realignment of policy and i'm sure we'll see many more um, similar moves by each province how much difference are our parliamentary laws provincially than they are nationally I mean, we, we technically do have different laws in provinces for certain issues versus national but like how much difference does it really make that we have an alternative provincial legislating body in these different places. The Western Cape, I think, is obviously the big one that you would make, that would under, you would understand to be important because it's it's opposition held. I'm quite interested that the that the Northern Cape is so active, as you say. But but what difference does it make in a sort of specific fashion that, that we have these legislatures that are doing this kind of work? The Western Cape has its own constitution which is, I think it's the only province that does have its own constitution and it's separate to, to the national constitution. It differs in quite a few areas. It does place a, a bit of a burden on the Western Cape, on lawmakers, as they have to um, draft laws and legislation that comply both nationally and and uh, provincially. And I think it, it might have started, these are rather old acts that are out for amendment. And it's, I think it's just to get rid of, of that conflict that might arise and just align everything into one manageable legal legal body. But that does definitely require uh, amendments of local uh, provincial legislation. And I think they'll be withdrawing quite quite a few strange bills. You know, each province does have to have its certain laws applied locally due to the different environments within South Africa. Northern Cape is, as I said, quite a sparsely populated area with vast differences or vast distances between infrastructure. And so there have to be different laws and regulations there that might not apply to, say, an area such as Gauteng, which is more more densely populated. But nonetheless, um, a lot of these old pieces of legislation are out of line with uh, the constitution and with national so it's just a just a drive to to re of, of realignment that's it we're talking about realignment here in the northern cape but you know we we do hear if you're on the internet 
people talking about, oh, well, you know, we want a, a, an independent Western Cape and people demanding referendums and all that sort of thing. I mean, if the Western Cape really can create its own constitution and that sort of thing, does it lay the way open for that kind of potential issue? No doubt it does, Benji. And that, uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but perhaps it, it is a good thing. You know, I've, I've often said that the way to fix South Africa, um, maybe it's just an irrational thought, but the way to fix South Africa would be to break it up into smaller chunks and then fix one at a, one at a time. So that would involve stronger legislation or independent legislation at a provincial level rather than an overarching a guideline or law or policy or national level. You know, what, what works in Kharteng might not work in, in the Northern Cape or, or even the Eastern Cape as such. And then each area does have different problems. I know the Eastern Cape suffers with employment way more than the Western Cape would. And that's just due to business availabilities and where business are allowed to operate and so on. Doing business is obviously easier in Gauteng and uh, Western Cape, but not so easy in, say, the Northern Cape or, or the Eastern Cape or, or Limpopo, for that matter. So, therefore, they have to have their own policies to deal with local issues. Very, very, very interesting. Yeah, that is a, a, something which I think we, we are seeing uh, and it would be interesting to see if it sort of carries on in, in that regard. Rob, what are your other sort of things that you see foresee coming up soon in, in the parliament? Of course, we have an ANC election, doesn't really affect parliament, but I just wonder if we are going to see that towards the end of the year, certainly parliament being used for some of the things that are going on in internal ANC politics. Oh, no doubt we will, Benji. That, you know, policy amendments are always a great opportunity for political parties to run a campaign and make the, the promises that they, they always make around legislature and creating jobs and so on. And we know that's definitely going to be a, a hot topic. It will be job creation, reducing our 47% unemployment rate and a big focus on, on the youth. And there's, there's also another interesting drive to amend the maternity leave policies that's coming from factions within within the ANC and also from uh, the private sector through a couple of NGOs. What they plan to do is make amendments to the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. What the Employment Act currently states is that companies through their employment policy can either offer paid or unpaid leave, which is not always a great idea. What the movement is saying is they want to change it to paid leave only. Um, even though even though when someone's on maternity leave, they can still claim UIF, they want to be them to be fully paid still. And I suppose that's a, a, a win for, for for a lot of women or single mothers as taking taking maternity leave is actually not an option there. But should they docked in their salary, then it will make life certainly more difficult in, at the home level with a, the addition of a child. It will definitely place a big burden on them. So the, the move there is to change or to remove the unpaid section of, of the Employment Act and then replace it with a, a paid version. How companies and private businesses will, will react to that? Well, we don't know. There's also a, we know that there's tough economic times and someone's got to take the fall at the end, end of the day. But in my opinion, I think this is quite a, quite a good move. My question is, do men also get paid maternity leave? We know how men can also fall pregnant now, don't we? <laughs> Counterintelligence, something like that, basically like a version of the FBI. And he was nominated by the ANC. I think it's kind of unusual, Rob, I don't know. Can you, can you tell me 
how often nominations go through parliament before now that were sort of not going through because of a lack of sort of majority within within the parliament. I feel like uh, somehow that with the ANC's reduced majority in the parliament, not that it's so reduced, but, but clearly less than two thirds, uh, some of these things seem to have uh, become more contentious than they were previously. Definitely, definitely. And that's that's perhaps a good thing. Yeah, what's uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see more of that where the ANC are challenged by opposition votes or even internally. And that's perhaps the, the sign of a, of a strengthening democracy where it's not just an, uh, one party making all the decisions due to the number of seats that they have there. That's also going to be quite interesting uh, when it comes to the adoption of independent, the independent candidates as is a bit there's not much clarity on how on how that that will work if an independent wins say uh, 10 seats they're only effectively given one seat and it also means only one vote and then the rest is to, uh, given to to the stronger and bigger parties so i think that all ties down that kind of decision making will definitely have to be relooked if the electoral laws amendment bill is actually successfully amended to cater for for such anomalies in in our electoral system where one party can dominate even though they don't officially have the majority of the vote they can still have majority of seats in parliament which gives them uh, more power even though they don't have majority of the vote countrywide so i think we have to look really look at those kind of systems because as you just pointed out it does create problems in the employment and uh, voting section of, of of parliament in that decision-making process. That one is going to be a very serious issue because it was sort of driven by an attempt to get individuals to be able to run for parliament instead of areas. And I think that uh, instead of parties exclusively, so, you know, someone, you don't have to be a part of a political party if you want to just run. But it seems to have been used, particularly by the ANC, as an opportunity to try and shore up their ability to still be the majority party in the parliament when they might not have the majority of the votes, which is is fine in some systems. I mean, British system works like that. The American system in some respects works like that. But our system was never designed for that. And it's a very dangerous, I think, precedent if that's what's going to happen. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with you on, on that, Benji. It definitely needs to be relooked. The Constitutional Court actually made a ruling almost, in fact, it was exactly two years ago, that it, the Electoral Act does need to be, to be relooked at. And I know there's a, they've just extended that that period now for another six months um, for Parliament to reform the Electoral Electoral Act. And it needs to be done with a lot of these considerations or take, taken into account because it can drastically affect uh, proper representation of of constituencies in in Parliament. Yeah, you know, there are there are too many um, I was going to say dead bums and seats, but that might not be the right, the right interpretation of of parliamentarians. But they they simply to push the vote through rather than actually offering any constructive input, and you know, it'll just squash squash independence if if they ever even do make it into into the national seats or the actual decision making seats. I think that'll have to be relooked at, and I, I hope Parliament actually does put that. Electoral Act or Electoral Act Amendment Bill out for for public comment again. They did they did recently, but it was voted against uh, amending it on many on many fronts in in Parliament. Clearly, as you say, to protect uh, the ANC's majority in Parliament. 
Very, very interesting stuff. Rob, thank you so much uh, for explaining and uh, talking to us about that. I suspect that this will be a topic that we will be revisiting um, at another time because, as you say, it is very serious and, uh, and one which I'm sure is nowhere near being resolved. Uh, but for the moment, thank you so much. And if people want to comment, as always, dearsouthafrica.com. Dearsouthafrica.co.za. I, I do apologize there. We go if, uh, who knows where, the, where you might end up if you go to dearsouthafrica.com. So don't go there. Just go to dearsouthafrica.co.za and you can comment <laughs> on the various things that we uh, talk about on the show. Rob, thank you so much. We'll chat you again next week. Fantastic, Benji. Thank you so much. And have a wonderful week. Thank you so much. Brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you to Craig, who pushes all the big red buttons. Mashadi, who's on production, and Vusi is on the sound. And to you, dear listener, who joins us every single week on the new Blue Review. And do join us next week as well when we see you then. Thank you and bye-bye.